during that time, they would just put a $2,000 deposit down uh, in escrow with our LLC on the home. And we would then start the construction on one side and then the other side. Are you a real estate investor looking to sharpen your skills or a newbie looking to become one? You're in the right place. Welcome to Where Should I Invest? Real Estate Investing in Canada with your host, Sarah Larby. Welcome back. I'm Sarah Larby. Have you thought about diversifying and investing in other markets other than Canada? If you have, but you haven't done anything about it yet, this is a great opportunity to learn more about how Canadians can invest and do even better in terms of cash flow in the U.S. and other countries, of course, as well. But we talk about the U.S. today and the different trends that have come up with the pandemic. But I, I will tell you, it's always good to diversify. Diversify your portfolio. You can also diversify the geography over time. And, uh, and James Lloyd and Wojtek Mardula from usproperties.ca are people that I trust and they have done great deals in the U.S. and they've also worked with a lot of people that I know personally as well and have uh, done great deals with them. So I hope you guys enjoy the podcast and don't forget to leave a rating and review. James Wojtek, welcome back. How are you guys doing? Great. Great. Thanks. Thanks for having us again. Really appreciate that. Absolutely. You guys did, you know, you informed us on the US market that I got so many replies and so much feedback to bring you back on. And, and so here you are again. And for those that may not have heard James and Wojtek, go back uh, to the prior podcasts and you're going to be able to see, you know, how they've done so well helping others in the Detroit market in the US as well. And, you know, you guys have a good pulse on the U.S. market. You guys have a good pulse also, you know, on the Canadian market because, A, you're Canadians investing in the U.S. So so I have a few questions. Uh, You know, obviously, maybe we'll do a a quick overview so everybody can get up to speed. But if if you can each just give a 30-second overview on, you know, your your investment portfolio and then what you're currently doing today uh, in the U.S. market. Uh, Maybe Wojtek, we'll, we'll start with you. Sure, sure, absolutely. So, you know, we've been uh, in Detroit for the last five years uh, since post bankruptcy, since 2015. Uh, bankruptcy happened in 2013. Uh, we've been uh, primarily buying single family homes. Um, you know, we've, we've shifted over into multis a little bit over the years, uh, but we haven't, you know, it's been, it's not our forte. It hasn't been, uh, we feel that single family market in the U.S. is is very strong. It has the biggest potential in terms of, you know, not only very strong cash flow, but also the appreciation. And, you know, and, and what we've seen uh, lately, uh, in particular, you know, since post-COVID, I would say, there's been a big, big uh, movement. Uh, there's been a lot of appreciation that occurred from, let's say, June of 2020 until now. Um, you know, numbers as high as you know, 25, 27 percent uh, in terms of appreciation in smaller markets like Detroit. So we're continuing to buy single-family residences and renovate them. Um, I feel that our renovation standards have gone up. Yeah. Uh, our neighborhood quality has gone up. Uh, and we've really been focusing closer to downtown uh, because the, the largest growth numbers have been uh, you know, near the downtown area, not only rent-wise, but also value-wise. Uh, so that's, uh, you know, we feel like we move towards better properties, bigger properties, and, and really putting more into renovations um, and, and you know, driving that equity up. 
Awesome. That's uh, that's a, a great, uh, you know, a great intro. James, uh, anything that you would like to add and, uh, you know, just maybe a little bit of information about you? Yeah, I just echo what Wojtek has said. So I'm James Lloyd. I'm a Canadian sales manager with the company. So on a daily basis, I'm really the front end dealing with the customer base, everything from acquisition to introduction, uh, to guiding them through our turnkey systems, you know. Uh, so thank you, you know, thank you for having us back. And I think one of the things that really became really evident to me, you know, from our first round with you and from the outpouring of people was just that the number of Canadians who have, you know, have thought about or dipping their toe into the U.S. market. But I've always kind of felt a little apprehensive about where they would go or where they would start, you know, and we seem to, it's very evident to me that we have a niche here as a Canadian operator specializing, you know, turnkey with a, a big infrastructure down in the Detroit market with our, with our property management and other contractors and all of our connections with the legal setup and the insurance and, you know, through the closing process. Um, I really, you know, felt that outpouring from Canadians. Uh, and since then, you know, I've just continued my role in the company, which is just to guide people through the systems, uh, help them acquire these cash flow and turnkey properties, and working coincide with uh, with Voitech uh, with um, to just sort of judge construction timelines and deliver the properties. Awesome. So, I mean, you guys are, you know, Canadian, you live in, in Toronto, yeah. you have a good pulse on, on the Canadian market, you have a good pulse on the U.S. market. And one of the things that I'm just curious uh, about is just throughout the pandemic, you know, if you've seen any new trends or even where, you know, wh while we're recording this in uh, late winter, early spring, what are some of the trends that you're seeing that might be a little bit different from the last time that you came on? Yes. So I think that, you know, the, the one of the biggest trends, of course, has been work from home. Uh, and so people have been like, first of all, uh, you know, they've been they've been moving away from the larger cities. And so, you know, places like Manhattan have really been affected negatively. Um, you know, these expensive office spaces, you know, that were rented out for, you know, tens of thousands of dollars, you know, per month. Uh, are really suffering because uh, a lot of the bigger companies have moved their uh, employees off-site. And so, um, you know, not only are those particular landlords suffering, but also the businesses around it. And so, you know, places like San Francisco, you know, Silicon Valley, there's a big movement out of there. Um, you know, larger cities are really, really being affected. Um, the, the, the huge benefit's been smaller markets, uh, you know, that are more affordable, that people have been kind of gravitating towards already. You know, I would say places like Detroit, like, you know, Pittsburgh, uh, Ohio, like these, you know, Cleveland, like these markets have done really, really well because, uh, you know, I think that millennials are trending towards them and that, uh, and that, you know, they're able to have an affordable lifestyle. They're able to get a good job for like $7,500 a year, but they're only spending, you know, $1,000, $1,500 on housing every month. And so it gives them a huge amount of disposable income. And then, and then on top of that, um, there's been, you know, more nesting going on that we've seen. Uh, people are really renovating their homes uh, more. Uh, you know, we've seen, uh, you know, Lowe's and Home Depot and all these, like our supplies have been hard to get because what's happening is people are staying home and they're renovating their homes. They're using government dollars to renovate their properties. And, you know, and it's, I mean, it's good in a sense because they're driving property values up. And so it's creating an even hotter market. And there is a desire to purchase homes more uh, than ever, I would say, you know, in, in a lot of the marketplaces, especially these secondary marketplaces are not are as expensive. And so um, it's created, you know, a shortage of inventory. Uh, prices have been going up very quickly uh, because we feel that now, you know, individuals have not only a place to 
you know, to work, but also to live out of it's the same spot. And so obviously they're going to dedicate more funds towards it. And, you know, in terms of people paying rent and stuff like that, they're on it. They don't want to move. There's uncertainty around, you know, COVID, what's going to happen. Is there another shutdown? So, so actually the, the, the real estate market is very, very stable and, and, and super solid, you know, right across, you know, most North American centers that, you know, that we've seen. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you're talking about appreciation a little bit in some of those secondary markets or, or the markets that you're not, you know, thinking of when you're thinking of the US, you know, maybe LA or, or New York types of markets. These are secondary markets. And you know, one of the, the things that often when we compare, should I invest in Canada? Should I invest in the US? The cash flow is usually better for the majority of the time, depending on where you're investing, of course, but the majority of the time the, the cash flow is a little bit better in the US, but the appreciation in parts of Canada outweigh the US. US appreciation, but it sounds like like there is going to be or there is some decent appreciation happening right now in the US markets. Well, I can just talk about Detroit, you know, which is obviously where we're operating that, you know, there's been such a huge amount of investment, like since since the recovery from bankruptcy that's gone into Detroit from from a really core group of US billionaires that came in uh, and you know, and the tech sector expansion into the into the Detroit core that it's really driven this this huge factor of appreciation, you know, and a lot of it also stems into you know, where Voitek is is really choosing to purchase these homes, right? We're buying in key sort of hot pocket, high appreciation neighborhoods that sort of surround the city and sort of go into the downtown core, a little bit into Midtown. And, you know, we've seen over the last five years, I mean, it's been close to, was it 15 to 20% in these neighborhoods, right, Greg? Yeah, in the last, you know, in the last three months, there was an article that just came, just came out by, by yeah. Forbes that in, in, you know, November, December, January, like this past few months ago, there's been a 15% increase in, in Detroit, you know, alone in three months and, right. and a 28% increase over, over the last 12 months, you know, so these numbers are, you know, now actually stronger than most Canadian markets for single yeah. families, including hotspots like Vancouver and Toronto. So, you know, so you're really, you're getting a combined sort of investment of, you know, 25, 27% plus the cash flow, That's which right. is, you know, around 10%, let's say. So now you're getting into really positive numbers. And and we, we've seen this, I mean, you know, it was crazy because we were refinancing a portion of our own portfolio because we've been consistently buying in Detroit and we've actually bought some more homes, you know, this year. Um, and we did some some appraisals pre-COVID and, and then, you know, and the deal actually ended up getting postponed because of COVID and because everybody was worried about what well, the world was ending or, you know, or whatever was happening back in March, you know, there's a real fear in the markets. And so, and so, so the lenders had pulled back. So they actually ended up shelving our deal and saying, oh, you know what, just, just let's wait two months and then we'll do it. Right. And so, so we said, okay, I said, we're actually going to wait four or five months. And then we approached them again in July and August and the evaluations came back enormous. They were literally about 25% higher than than, than the numbers we we're dealing with in March. So, so that was exciting and, you know, it worked out really well. We we're really happy about that. And then, you know, all of our clients that have, you know, that, that have, uh, that have purchased recently, a lot of them are financing or refinancing and yeah. we've seen the appraisals come through just amazingly well. And we're always, we've been pleasantly surprised, you know, over and over again, um, you know, and, and we've been, we've been able to actually give a lot of the customers um, that were referred to us as some equity deals where you know where you know one one of our uh, clients right now is buying a property for 149,000 but minimum this property is going to appraise at 200,000 right. we actually feel about what's been going on in the market right now 
we feel like it's going to be closer to 250. So, you know, so he's going to be getting a $100,000 equity capture. And that's honestly the way it looks right now. We can, you know, share the appraisal once it comes through. But that's, you know, because of what's transpired in the last three months. So he got, I mean, we're not going to raise the price. And, I'm, I'm just you know. curious, just, just to take a step back. So, so this property was what, off market at 140? Or did you do some renovation yeah. to push it up? Or like, oh, so, so, Yes, totally. We so there's some, some neighborhoods. Our, our Detroit team, you know, is is really quite quite very accurate at depicting the, these sort of deals, right? So we'll present a property, like for example, this one we did to uh, this client, and we have a pro forma. We'll say it's one forty nine, right? It's in a key neighborhood, the North End, where we know the appraisals on the Colonials of this size that are renovated are coming in hot, right? So that one forty nine will be the turnkey cost. Uh, Wojtek will then uh, dispatch the contractors and do an extensive high quality renovation. Probably gonna, in this case, it was quite a thorough strip down of the property uh, and bring it into a really sort of high grade rental finish. And we're, we knew at the time that the, the uh, renovated properties of that size, that number of bedrooms and washrooms are coming in around 200K ARV. Uh, so it was a good deal, but you know, as we've been seeing of, of late, the prices are coming in even higher, right? So that's where you say in this case here, you know, the, the customer may be buying a property for, you know, 149,000 and it may well appraise a 249 for a hundred thousand equity capture, which we pass on to the, to the buyer, right? Which will have immediate value at refinancing time because now you can refi at the 240, 249 or 250 refi valuation and just raise that LTV to where he's getting more than his money back in this case, wouldn't it be? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We've seen that with some clients. How much would something like that rent for roughly? So we're 1500, right, James? That's, that's the estimates that came in from property management. So there's two sides you can go in that, right? When you get to renovation quality of that grade, you know, there's the section eight voucher, right? Uh, which is our very stable U S government uh, rental program where they have to match three rental comps in the same neighborhood, right? Uh, the same quality of renovation and size. And that we're sort of saying right now, it's going to come in around 1500 USD. The other option would be in this case, potentially to go with the cash tenant um, where we may be able to get stretch an extra hundred or two on, on the rent, but then you need to take into some risk of, you know, it not being a guaranteed rental program. Right. So, section eight, I think is, you know, it's not like it is in Canada or for Ontario works or whatnot, because correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, this is, this is your bread and butter and, and you know this so much better than me, but section eight, they, like it's, right. it gets paid directly to you. But I think the difference is the tenant cannot cancel it. Where in Ontario, for example, if you've got like people on disability or Ontario or works or whatnot, and they send right. it directly to the, to the landlord yeah. at any point in time, they could potentially say, you know what, let's reverse it and, and have it sent back to, to the tenant and they can choose not to pay moving forward. But I think it works. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. There are a lot of different social assistance programs, right? But the section eight program in particular that, that we, that we use, you know, there's 14 million Americans on it. You know, and unlike other programs, our typical criteria for this is like, you know, particularly like a single mother with four or five children, maybe three children, and she's working and not quite making ends needs. She's still covering the car and the groceries and the utilities. Uh, and we can get the full voucher for these nicely renovated homes in the quality of neighbor we've been discussing, you know, for these deals. Um, and, you know, and that voucher uh, comes directly to the property management company every month. There's no risk of them touching it. Uh, and we can just deposit into a U.S. business account, right? Um, they stay very long-term. It's very stable. Uh, there's a criteria they have to adhere to to keep the voucher, you know, keeping the home in good, in good repair. Uh, the homes are inspected. And for the most part, it, it goes really, really smoothly and quiet, right? And long-term. Uh, so, you know, we've had a great success, you know, especially during these uncertain times of COVID, 
it's really showing its merit, you know, with the, you know, on and off moratoriums on evictions and people not paying rent, you know, we've never paid out more to our customers than we have of late. Uh, and most importantly, you know, kept all our employees hired and those returns coming in. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Hey, I just want to take a moment and interrupt the podcast to introduce you to my mortgage broker, Dahlia Barsoom, and her team at Streetwise Mortgages. Because everything around us is changing, the world as we know it is not going to be the same. COVID-19, the economic crisis is a time of uncertainty for many of us. And the lending and real estate landscape, they're changing quite rapidly day by day. Today's financing and investment decisions are going to be different than the ones that we made yesterday. Dahlia and her team are going to be able to help us maneuver through all of this. They're property investors themselves, so they've worked with thousands of real estate investors across Ontario, and they have their pulse and their finger on what's happening around us in real time from a real estate financing and investments point of view. Her team of advisors are committed to helping us keep informed and get that up-to-date information. And they're also going to be able to help us navigate through this crisis to also mitigate and minimize any financial distress during this whole transition, and also help us emerge out of this in a strong financial position so that we can leverage ourselves for some great opportunities that are going to be coming to us. They've been able to help many investors in times like this by really planning out your plan for the good, but also for the bad, because these circumstances that are happening are going to be very individual for all of us. And they're going to help navigate three key parts, financial stability, financial agility, and opportunity, and help you manage through those three things. When it comes to stability, how can you enhance your reserves and your liquidity to weather the storm? You're going to have different plans, so it's important to get that individualized plan. How can you utilize mortgage payment deferrals? Should you? Should you not? Why or why not? Any debt restructuring opportunities, those are all things that Dahlia and her team can help you work with. Now, when it comes to financial agility, there's some things that you might want to talk about are how do you make some improvements to your monthly budget so that you can increase your cash flow? Are there any financing tools that you can use to cover some short-term cash flow deficits? When it comes to opportunity, there's going to be some great opportunity that's going to come out of this. How can you set yourself up? for success. So her and her team are going to be able to help you maneuver through these things and create a plan, not only for the good times, but also in times like this, so that you can handle the storm and come out ahead. Feel free to reach out to Dahlia and her team at info at streetwisemortgages.com or go to her website, streetwisemortgages.com. And now back to the show. So can you, can you guys walk us through an example of a client because you're talking about clients investing with you you know what are things that we should be expecting Um, are we you know putting out the entire money you know in cash to buy these properties how does the refinance work if you can maybe just walk us through like from start to finish what the process looks like as you're working with somebody that would be insightful Sure, I'll go, I'll go. I'll touch on this one quickly since I'm the, the front end sales manager. Obviously, uh, when we, we first introduce ourselves or get introduced to clients, uh, it, you know, it starts with a phone conversation and some, some marketing materials. And as things progress, I bring Wojtek into the conversation, really to listen to the customer to see what it is they're trying to achieve, whether it's you know cash flow appreciation or accommodation of both. Uh, and then you know, obviously, as it comes to, we start showing you some property options that match the customer's criteria. We'll try to you know narrow down the selection till we find something. 
uh, it would be shown to them on a pro forma uh, with you know the existing numbers for, for cash purchase, then followed by refinancing. Uh, and the process really starts with them selecting a property with us. We put together a basic purchase agreement, um, which would be an intent to purchase uh, after renovation. Typically, I would say it's around four to six weeks out, right? Uh, during that time, they would just put a $2,000 deposit down uh, in escrow with our LLC on the home. Uh, and we would then start the construction on one side. And then the other side, we would introduce you to our Michigan attorney to start the U.S. entity formation, the legal setup process to own these uh, assets correctly you know, for taxation and liability. Um, money is transferred for the closing at the end uh, through a, a title agency. We use Fidelity Title. So for the most part, our clients will acquire the, the first asset uh, through cash purchase. Uh, on a closing date, they would wire to the third party uh, title agency and they would guarantee the home is free and clear uh, under the corporation in Michigan and they would own the home. Um, for refinancing, and I'll let Wojtek touch on this a little bit more, uh, we have US brokers that we work with, uh, typically out of Arizona, who have sort of ties to pools of US lenders that will fund to foreign nationals. The major uh, point here that your listeners should really understand is there's a bit of a seasoning period. Um, Pre-COVID, it was around 90 days. Now it's looking a little bit more like six months today. And during that period, they wanna see the asset under your uh, Michigan Limited Partnership up and running, cash flowing and it going smoothing. We can start the introductions to the lenders prior to that so that at the six month mark, uh, you could fund your refinance, pull the equity, hopefully uh, capital with a bit of equity boost and, and burr. Right, um, White Tech, I know worked extremely hard to get that amenity for our clients. Um, you know, as I came on to this company, we were still trying to find that and it's been a great add-on um, and it does work very well for, for the scaling aspect of things. Yeah, yeah, no, the financing, you know, has been very helpful. Uh, it's a pretty niche uh, lending environment, you know, because uh, you're dealing with Canadians and then, you know, then they're buying assets in in the US and and sometimes, you know, they're buying assets that are not of high value, right? So those are perceived a little bit more higher risk, let's say to lenders. Uh, so, you know, so there are some cutoffs, you know, usually uh, the lenders want to see stuff over $100,000, which right. you mean like, it seems like a, it's a very small number when it comes to real estate. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of the homes would qualify under that, under that price point anyways. Right. And, and so, um, you know, once, once we have uh, the, the property under management and we've renovated it and, you know, and we've, you know, there's, you know, we, show, we can show really good comps in the area, you know, the appraiser comes along from, you know, from the, from the lender and does their valuation. And then of course, then they, you know, uh, lend based on that loan to value, um, you know, which usually you've seen around 60 or 65%, you know, depending on, 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 on the lender, uh, you know, so, but, you know, it, the lending is, you know, it's, it, it's, it's pretty straightforward. It's not, um, we haven't had really anybody get disqualified yet, you know, which is really great. I mean, as long as it's very much, you know, the big difference I think with uh, that maybe a lot of your listeners may not be aware is that in the US, the lending is what's called asset-based lending. And so it's really, they, they look at the asset before they look at, let's say your personal income, you know, as they, as they do in Canada, which is, you know, in my opinion, a bit ridiculous because, you know, what does your personal income really have to do 
you know, you're not going to use your personal income to pay the mortgage. It's going to be the assets income that's going to pay the mortgage. So why are you even looking at my personal income? Well, the great thing about the U.S. is that they don't look at your personal income. I mean, they want to know that you're maybe making something, but more importantly, do you have other assets or do you have experience in real estate? That's really what matters to them because they know that if you have experience, then, you know, you'll be able to get that asset to perform and you'll be able to pay your mortgage. And, and so, we haven't had anybody get disqualified, which is really amazing. Uh, we haven't had, um, you know, once uh, once the, the lender decides to proceed with an asset, it kind of becomes an automatic procedure where they just do their appraisals, you know, they and then they find you. You sign your documents and, and then they find you. And, and what's great about it is that you can continue to do it over and over and over again. I mean, we have, it's crazy. I mean, these, the lenders, once they see that you're, you know, you're working well with them and that you've, you know, you have a little bit of history, as James said, mentioned that a little bit of that seasoning period. Um, if you want to buy another hundred properties, you can, you know, if you want to buy a thousand more, you can, you know, it's really completely unlimited lending. Um, so, and, you know, and, and for big, picture thinkers, you know, it's, 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 it's a home run. You know, when, when we saw this, we, we started kind of dreaming and thinking about, you know, what it would be like, what does it look like if you have a hundred doors cash flowing, you know, bringing in, you know, a hundred thousand a month or what does 200 doors look like, you know, and, and that's, that's part, you can do that in a very short period of time in the U S which I really loved, you know, it's not, you know, in Canada for the most part, it's not really possible, you know, it's just because you're, personal income, the banks will just stop lending to you after a certain point. Whereas in US, they don't, you know, so, yeah. um, so it's a really, it's a really far superior lending system. And I think, and I think that's a real, real advantage. And, and, and like, I encourage people to explore the US market, just based on that, you know, because you can get a lot done in real estate. So is it fair to assume that once you've done your first one and you've vested the six months, you can refinance on the second one, you may not have to do all cash down because you've got yes. that ability now to show that you've got something and then they'll look at that. I'm Absolutely. guessing, I don't, know, I don't know if it's a corporation or whatnot. It's, I know it's a little bit different in the US, but you buy your second one with, I don't know, let's just say they do a 65% loan to value. You come up with a difference and, and you can scale that way. Is that, is that roughly how it works? Yeah. That's exactly Absolutely. how it works. It's exactly, you know, what, what most of our clients do actually is they, they will buy the first property with us for cash. So they, and, and again, cash, meaning they could get it from a line of credit. You know, the U S lenders don't question your source there. So you can borrow it in Canada at a very low rate of a line of credit, which is exactly what we did when we first started investing there. We brought that money into, into the U S we purchased the assets, right? And then this six month period goes by and what we can do actually is we can line up additional assets for you to purchase and for you to refi at the same time. So we'll use this example that, that we were dealing with this property in the North end, right? So, so let's say it's purchased for 150,000 in cash today. And we know that it's going to be worth, let's say 250. Okay. So six months time, we're refining it 250. Okay. So now we're going to be getting out 60% of that, let's say on the refi. So let's say 150, right? So you're going to get 100% of your money back, plus you're keeping your property, right? Now, this $150,000, we can leverage into a $450,000 purchase for you in the same transaction. Okay? You can now go ahead and buy, let's say, four or five more properties at, at a, like, let's say, four more properties at $100,000 each, okay? And so, and now at the end of the six-month period, and what we will do is we prepare these for clients 
uh, let's say 60 to 90 days before the refi. So we know that, okay, you're planning on doing this. We have a, a good idea of how much the property is going to refi for. And then we will do, you know, a $450,000 purchase at the same time with you just getting out that money and not contributing anything else other than maybe, you know, a little bit for lender fees or like some sort of legal fees or whatever, but you know, but that's it. So, you know, and then you end up with a five unit portfolio within six months. So, and we've done that with numerous clients and that's a really like, it's a formula that we really like and people who like leverage, I always recommend going in that direction. You know, it's, it's a, it's a home run. Yeah, I think I echo that hundred percent, you know, it's such a, uh, a home run to, to do that. You know, we could, like I said, we could have those properties lined up with the client, uh, you know, as we introduce you to the brokers, we can start that process at four months so that it just funds all at the same time. And if you do that refinancing directly into a finance purchase, lenders like it because there's more meat on the bone. It's a juicier transaction, so we say, right? Yeah, so sure. you know, instead of it just being just a straight refi cash out, right? They're getting they're getting a four hundred fifty thousand dollar deal out of this, right? So the chances of getting better LTV and rates are higher, and so that's that's a definitely a really popular route to go down. The other route is just to do it the one at a time. It's just the it's the classic burrs. Is to buy the buy the property, refi it out. I'll hopefully get some equity, top it up a little bit, find another one that's going to do the same sort of copy and paste strategy along the line and go one at a time. Uh, there's two ways you can do it. Um, one's a little quicker. Mm -hmm. One sort of prolongs that initial, I think the second one may be a little slower, but it prolongs working that equity a little further down the line. Yeah. But I mean, you can do two or three at a time too, right? So it's the same thing, right? You can start with three and then keep adding three every six months, let's say, you know, and still end up with a sizable portfolio at the end of year sure. one. So, so you could do yeah, you could absolutely. do one or you can keep scaling. So if you if you do do one and, and you refinance and, and you want to bring your money back, and I know you guys are not accountants, but how does it do you guys know how it works from a tax perspective on the refi once we, we convert it back? Yeah. So, I mean, the loan is a non-taxable event, right? So when you're refinancing and bringing it back, it's, you know, you're, it's not income, it's just a loan. So, you know, so you can bring that back. I mean, you're also, you know, usually what's happening and, and we'll put you in touch with our, you know, a tax lawyer and, 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 you know, get a free consultation. And so you can get real answers to that. But I mean, essentially when you're starting the transaction, you're going to lend some money from your Canadian entity, whether it's yourself or another company to your U S entity, and then you're just borrowing against that U.S. entity, and then you can bring the money back to Canada without any sort of taxable event. So you know, so that's really great. Um, you know, and then our lawyers will also, you know, give uh, give any client advice on about what happens with rental income and how that's treated, and how the structure that you know uh, have been has been recommended to our clients has uh, prevented our clients from from being double taxed, which mm -hmm. you know that's a fear that a lot of people have in the back of their minds when investing in the US and, and, you know, and it's a legitimate fear because if you, if you do set yourself up incorrectly, then yes, you can be double taxed. Uh, but, you know, but we have spent quite a bit of money, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, researching this, this topic and, and actually making sure we had a memorandum drafted by a Canadian law firm that, that clearly outlines how you set up your companies to, to not be double taxed, you know? And so, and we're happy to share all that information with any of our clients, you know, like we want everybody to have, you know, the best success they can in the market. I can tell you that it works because I can tell you, I mean, I deal with the clients on a daily basis, right? And if anything goes wrong, I would hear about it. 
and nobody's emailing me, especially during tax time, saying they're having issues with the tax structure or double taxation, right? Uh, yeah, so often what I'll do, <laughs> after, the, after the initial consultation with clients, you know, we'll send them this memorandum because this taxation question is one of the first things that comes out of Canadians when they think about doing this, right? Yeah. Uh, we will send you the, the memorandum and usually I'll make an introduction to our attorney down in Michigan who will have a consultation with anybody who's potentially thinking about it. And you can fire off any questions to him about how this is going to implement you uh impact you should i say sorry in regards to taxation or liability and uh it, it works very well you can obvious that it was set up properly when we were founding the company and i mean how many times have we used it 100 200 times and it's, it's very successful and now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors Hey guys, just want to take a quick moment and introduce you to a key member of my power team. Dylan Suter is my realtor who's been working very hard to find me amazing deals. And Dylan, I'm a big proponent in working with realtors that are investors. And Dylan is truly an investor. Welcome, Dylan. And thank you so much for being a sponsor. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I want to first thank you for having us as a sponsor. We're really grateful to be working with you and all of the support you've given us over the past couple of years. So thank you so much for that. And our focus as Elevation Realty is to focus our attention primarily on real estate investors that are looking to replace their active income with a passive income and go enjoy what they like most, such as time with the family or up at the cottage, whatever it may be. So what we do is we focus our attention on creating a plan specific for each client, whether that is something they want to have five properties in five years and be able to sit on them for 10 years and then sell them and retire on the the equity. Or if they're looking to scale their portfolio and retire in the next 12 months, we can look at doing that as well through joint ventures or Airbnb short-term rentals. We can talk through buildings, buy, renovate, refinance, single family purchases, and the list goes on. That's awesome. Now, Dylan, if people wanted to reach out and get help from you, where can they go? They can check us out online at www.elevationrealty.ca, E-L-E-V-A-T-I-O-N, realty.ca, or they can email us at info at elevationrealty.ca, Give us a call or text at 905-592-4220 or check us out at The Right Club or other meetup groups that we're usually at as well. Amazing. Thank you so much, Dylan. It is awesome working with you as always. And now back to the show. And now back to the show. Awesome. So, so I do want to switch gears just a little bit and because you were talking about your account and you were talking about your brokers, you've yeah. got a full team set up. So if I wanted to invest, like what, what team members do I have access to working with you that I don't need to let now go out and source? All of them, essentially. Like we have, we have you know, everything from uh, getting you set up with the attorney to uh, all of our contacts, uh, you know, to help you with, with the brokers and, and refinancing. Uh, we have a team in place that you know has been put together, uh, you know, including our property management company uh, over the course of our development, and and it we are literally a full turnkey operator, and I just I guide people through the acquisition process, through ownership, uh, through the refinancing process and, and growth, uh, with the help of our team, our Detroit-based team that that Voitech has implemented down in in Detroit. Um, it's all there for anybody looking to do it. Uh, we could be your eye, ears, and boots on the ground down there and really make it a full turnkey process for you to do remotely here in Canada. Yeah. I mean, I just wanted to add, you know, we definitely, we have access to all the contractors, to the trades, to subcontractors, you know, electricians, plumbers, roofers, you know, absolutely everyone that does the rehabs for us on a regular basis. So should, should there anything occur, you know, we're able to jump on it quickly. Um, you know, we're, 
you know, we obviously, we always vet our homes really carefully. So, and, and we try and perform all the larger repairs before we turn it over to you. But, you know, it, as with any property, there's going to be some maintenance that pops up here and there. So, uh, you know, we just wanted anybody who works with us to be assured that we have people that can handle it. Uh, you know, you're not going to get phone calls about, you know, leaky taps or toilets or whatever at midnight, you know, that everybody dreads. So, uh, so, you know, so we really, we've really worked hard to put that team together. Um, property management, we've, we have two divisions. We have uh, we had a division that's managing all our current clients. And then we've actually started to build a second division. We've hired, uh, you know, two new people there and we're going to expand that further to, to take on the next, uh, you know, a couple hundred homes that are going to be managed. Um, and then we've expanded, we've added uh, three more contractors actually during COVID or four actually so that have significant crews underneath. So, so things are really moving really quickly. Like they're actually, you know, at a point where they're calling us and saying like, what's next, what's next? Like it's, that was not possible during COVID, you know? So, so things have really, uh, you know, gone, going very quickly and, and they're, they're doing really great jobs. And, and, and because they see that we're giving them continuous business, we're really keeping those expensive downs for a client, um, you know, because these guys are, you know, often renovating, you know, a number of homes for us at the same time. So they're not going to go and gouge one of our clients for, you know, two or $300 on a repair because they, first of all, they know I'm going to know that it was a gouge. And second of all, you know, it may affect other business that we give them. And so, so it's been, you know, we've, we've really tried to make these crews kind of in-house crews and, and have them constantly employed by us and have give them a constant and flow of work because then our clients can get really really good pricing on those on those little maintenance things that items that pop up and so um you know i think i think it's been a really good result you know i'm, I'm really happy with it but we're continuing to grow and you know want to make things better for our clients yeah absolutely i, I think, well, think we go ahead no, I, was I was just going to say I, okay. go ahead i just think that we really have we really have sorry about that we really have developed and, and grown and I, I think in the last like three months four months the, just the development of the, the the growth of the property management into a second division and the sort of the fine-tuning of the of the contracting crews it just made a huge difference in, in the quality of the renovations and the time the timeline of tenanting so um mm -hmm. i think we're, we're set now to continue to grow uh and, and take on another 300 no problem so that, that kind of was my question. Are you able to share, like, I mean, obviously there was the pandemic and, and there was COVID in between, but are you able to like look back at the last 12 months and share maybe how many total deals you've been able to do with, uh, with Canadians? And I mean, I don't know if you just work with Canadians or others as well, but roughly just to get a gauge of an idea of how much you know, capacity you can take on. Yeah, yeah. So you know what? So last year was interesting because we we entered the year with like just an insane amount of orders and and deals and and everything. It was like our best, you know, last six like best six months we've ever had. And and so so that really spilled into the first like half of 2020. And we were kind of just trying to like meet all the demand. And then um, it was a bit crazy because, and, and I'm sure a lot of people experienced it who are in the business is that a lot of people ended up going on some form of government support. And so and so a lot of the crews that, that were, and it wasn't the trades so much like the electricians and the plumbers, but it was the hands and the people that would be there on the daily and doing the cleanups and the, and the demos and all that stuff. They all stayed home all of a sudden and just collected, you know, more money than they were making ever before in some cases. Because the U.S. government was very generous with, you know, with the with the support, and so, uh, so, so we really had a like we had a tough time there for a few months because we just we just couldn't find the labor, and so that the like we were still doing deals, like we still probably did like fifty deals last year or more, but it was it, but it was the the, the like the pace of the deal 
went from, you know, one month to like two and a half, three months. And, you know, and that's really what kind of affected us. But I feel that once sort of November came around and October, November, and things really started to open up again and, 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 and move, you know, we've, and we've all these new contractors we've hired, plus all the old crews came back. So now we're able to do more than ever, you know, which we're really happy about. And, and like we have the capabilities of be able to deliver maybe 10, you know, 10 to 12 homes per month, you know, fully renovated and everything. And that's, that's kind of the, the, the pace that we're back to now. So, uh, so, you know, we're really happy. And, and I think that, you know, doing more business online and, you know, with our clients has kind of actually made everything more efficient. And that, you know, it's, it's just become a little bit more about numbers and about, and, and look, it's the smart way to buy real estate. It's how funds and REITs and, you know, buy real estate. It's not about, you know, walking the block and seeing whether like you like the, you know, the curb appeal of the house. It, it, it's really like, you know, those things, like there's a factor of that, but what really matters is the numbers. And, and, you know, I'm sure all your viewers would agree that, that, that it's, it's the math that's going to make the investment successful or not. And so we've really focused on that and, and, and tried to, you know, give our, our clients as much success and as much data as possible. And so they can buy like, you know, a large fund or a large REIT would um, and, and, you know, and, and, and have the capabilities of building very large portfolios, you know, so, so it, it's been exciting and, and people, and, and because I think that, you know, there was a bit of, panic selling like there was the mom and pop kind of operations that were you know just were just scared they just didn't know what was going to happen next are they going to get attended this and that so they sold some stuff off and so some of our clients we were able to give them two for one deals like i remember in april and may you know when clients were a little bit shaky about buying in the u.s because of the closed border and all that stuff and i was literally able to give four clients two houses for the price of one that they were buying because we were able to buy them cheaper. And so, and the people who like proceeded in that situation, like they're laughing right now, you know, because they bought these crazy low prices and, you know, and we're still able to get some of those deals, you know, so, and, and you know, so it, it, they, they pop up here and there. So, so there's, there's lots of room, I think, going forward, you know, so. so we've adapted too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say we've adapted too, like with the, with the ability to, you know, remotely sell to Canadians, you know, during COVID and the border closed, right? Well, some of that really has come to the fact that we've changed our due diligence periods for our clients really to kick in, you know, as the renovations are, are completing. Um, and what, we, what we're doing and what is working really well, instead of having to go down and physically see the, the property, as the renovations are wrapping up, I can let the client know and we can book a, a time for one of our property managers to be at the front door. Uh, for a live video walkthrough so you know at two o'clock in the afternoon on friday you know kennedy will take the client through the home live and you, you know you can see the kitchen and he'll, you could ask him i want to go to the electrical panel i want to go to the bathroom the kitchen and you'll, you'll get a pretty good feel in 15 minutes for the quality of the renovations and then the most important part at that point is I mean, what's going to be your, your real value and insurance is that i'm going to help you book a third-party property inspector to go through right so he's going to spend you know a morning or an afternoon going through for a three-point inspection we do a lot of work with pillar to post uh, and that report's going to go to Voitech and, and to the client, right? And anything that comes back deficient, we're going to repair. So you're going to have, you know, the renovations are going to be done. You're going to have the video walkthrough, and then you're going to have the inspection report, uh, both in hand and repaired. And at, at that point, our clients seem to have quite a bit of confidence that the property's good to go, and we, and we close. So that, that is that's sort of cool that's that sort of you guys have that third-party inspector that goes through it one last time, so that you know they have nothing to yeah. do with the contractor per se, which, which is great. 
Yeah, the clients hire, I, I, I introduce uh, the clients to pillar to post, but certainly some use a, a company that they found themselves. Uh, and, you know, we get that report and that they're going to look through it, everything, not necessarily the renovations, but more like the HVAC, the wiring, the drainage, waterproofing, et cetera, right? And we get that report and we share it together over a call. And then White Tech redispatches re, re the contractors and they address any deficiencies, right? I will also say too, that after closing, the properties do go through another round of inspection uh, with the Section 8 inspection. So after we secure a tenant uh, with uh, the Section 8 through our property management, uh, we submit their paperwork to the government agency and then the US federal inspector has to come by and it will be going through another inspection. Um, we are also responsible for anything that comes back deficient on that. And then once it passes that, round of inspection, the home is up to code and the tenant can move in. So there's quite a bit of inspections and going on for you here in Canada that you can feel really comfortable in purchasing that like, hey, this home is nicely renovated. We've seen the pro formas and it's gone through two rounds of inspections and repairs. Awesome. Are you are you guys able or one of you just to walk through a typical, maybe, I don't know, a deal that you did in the last recent five, just a typical one, just so we gauge you know, what the purchase price might look like, the reno, what it looks like on the refi, the rent, all that good stuff. Who wants to take that on? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we can do a recent, I mean, we kind of touched on one that, that we were do, do, doing in the North End. I'll, I'll discuss another one that we did. Um, this was more of a, um, it was a lighter rehab. It was like a tier two rehab. So we just redid the kitchen, redid the bathrooms, uh, did like carpet and paint, you know, but we didn't get into like the roof or windows or any of that stuff. Uh, but it didn't need it, right? It was, it was a, it was a tenanted property already that was performing. Uh, we actually bought it from a fund uh, that had, that had bought a number of really good properties in great neighborhoods. And we were able to cherry pick their list of like 150 homes and we bought 20 of their best best homes in the best neighborhoods um you know they and because we bought that many we were able to get a good price so um so this particular home um you know we put in about twenty five thousand dollars in repairs um we had uh you know and then we had sold it to the client for 109 109 000 us and, um, but the home is worth, I would say easily 130. So, you know, so they get about $21,000 in, in, in equity capture. Maybe more. more. Now in a few months, now that the, what's been going on with the market, but conservatively I can say 130, uh, you know, and so they'll be able to come in and, you know, they purchased for 109 for cash. Uh, they're waiting for their six month period. We had just closed, we just closed on this James, like what is it, a few weeks ago, right? Like two or three weeks ago from what I remember. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So two or three weeks ago. So they're now in this waiting period and then they're going to be coming in uh, sometime in, uh, you know, let's say uh, August and they're going to be doing a refi on this property and pulling out 60% of 130 or more, uh, you know, and then being able to, to go again. Um, and, you know, on this property, uh, we're currently waiting for the section eight tenant to move in. Uh, we've identified a tenant for, do you know what the tenants for? It was like 1200 James or 1300. Do you yeah, remember? That's, that's, that's very standard. That's the bread and butter. So for this size of, of project, sort of around the 110, 120, right? We'll do that sort of scope of renovation, what tech said, hopefully get that equity capture. It's going to have a certain size to it. Uh, it's going to definitely, um, you know, have that quality of renovation. And they typically rent around 1200 US in, in, yeah. in these neighborhoods, yeah. in Northwest it's Detroit neighborhoods. It's about a 10 cap, right, James? Like it's about a 10, yeah. 10 right so 10 percent cash on cash return and once it's leveraged yeah what was it james around like 15 percent or 16 or something like that is that was very, that about that's right? very that's very standard that that would make sense to me yes 
yeah. So, so you know, it's about ten percent pure cash on cash return, and and it's uh, yeah, it's a great neighborhood. It's a super hot neighborhood that has been doing you know on average about fifteen to twenty percent appreciation since we've been there. Um, it's it's located right right to this neighborhood called Bagley, and Bagley has been this ultra red hot. That's a bit overpriced right now, but just, it's just literally across the street from it. But it looks identical. I mean, if you didn't know the border, you would still think you were in the same neighborhood. But the prices are you know about. Fifty, sixty thousand dollars cheaper per home, or more actually, even now. Uh, so we're really we're buying a lot in that neighborhood. Um, but you, we, I still feel that home is going to be worth like two hundred or two fifty in the next five to seven years, easy. You know the way things are going. You know, so um, so they're picking up for one hundred nine. It's it's a really good property. They had it uh, property inspected, as James mentioned. We did all the repairs and, and closed on it, and so we're just putting in a tenant now. So um, and uh, yeah, and yeah, it's a great home, really nice. Totally. I mean, the one next door came in at one forty eight. So one thirty is nice and conservative, but we've been having really good luck in the, in these neighborhoods in the Fitzgerald uh, Shoals neighborhood of Detroit. Um, it's a it's a great deal, you know. It's a it's a good quality, sixteen hundred square foot colonial, three to four bedrooms. Uh, this is sort of the bread and butter where I I love these deals because there's enough. There's a few things that are in play here. The home's got some good size to it. It's in the good quality of neighborhood in Detroit that we're just so comfortable with due to the volume of purchasing and selling we've done in there. Uh, and there's enough of a renovation budget, like Wojtek said, that sort of thirty to forty thousand in renovations, where we're going to put a nice enough finish on it that's going to give some ARV equity, um, which just you know, as Wojtek said, with the with the sixty-five to sixty percent refi uh, LTV, you know, you get that little bit of equity and it kicks it right up to you're getting eighty percent back, so it makes a big difference for our clients to scale with. Yeah, awesome. That sounds that sounds great. Now, where can people reach out like if they are interested like these numbers sound really yeah. awesome if they want to know more like what do you recommend that they do as like a, a next potential first step well we have a great website to start it's the name of the company it's usproperties.ca to keep it as updated as possible you know we have some nice links in there just some great videos that were done just pre-covid where Voitech was actually down in Detroit being followed by a camera crew I think they give a really good overview of what we're doing in Michigan um, as well we have an event section we're always updating webinars to reach out and connect with our client base uh, I'm James Lloyd. You can reach me at james at usproperties.ca. Um, I would love to reach to connect with any of you and just discuss what we're doing down in Detroit. All right. Really cool. So, so guys, the next part of the podcast is the lightning round. And because there's two of you, how I'm going to do it today is I'm going to ask each of you a separate question. You're going to answer it. And then, you know, within 20 seconds or less, first answer that comes to mind. Are you ready? I'm ready. Sure. This week's lightning round is brought to you by Megan Chomut. If you're looking for a great financial advisor to add to your team who actually understands and incorporates real estate as part of your overall plan and gets your money working for you, you can reach out to Megan at meganchomut.com forward slash Sarah. And also she's offered for my podcast listeners to provide you with a free customized individualized 90 day game plan for getting ahead. So to get that, go to meganchomut.com forward slash Sarah. That's M-E-G-H-A-N-C-H-O-M-U-T.com forward slash Sarah. And now back to the show. All right. You know what? Uh, we'll start with, uh, we'll start with Voitech. Voitech, what is the number one favorite real estate investing book that uh, you would recommend? Uh, I, I got to go with Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki. <laughs> I'm sure you've heard that one before. Absolutely. I think it is the, the number one most mentioned too on this show. <laughs> All right. Yeah, question, 
Number two of the lightning round. This one goes to you, James. I don't know if you are a podcast listener or yeah. you are an audio book listener, and it doesn't have to be real estate specific, but do you have a favorite one? You know, I listen to a few. I, I, I like yours from one, but obviously I like, like Joe Rogan's podcast quite a bit. I'm not a huge podcast listener, to tell you the truth, but I, I do like Joe Rogan. And most importantly, I like to keep up on the, the current events of, of the, the U.S. market. Cool. All right. Question number three. This one goes to you, Voitech. What do you do for fun aside from work in real estate? Um, I, I love to ski. Uh, you know, I love to ski, play tennis, uh, travel, uh, go to Europe once a couple of times a year, usually. Not this year, but <laughs> hopefully can double down next year. Um, you know, travel to Spain quite a bit and uh, different, different, different destinations in Europe. So, uh, but yeah. All right. Thanks for sharing. James, question number four for you. If you lost all your money and your assets tomorrow, how would you start again? Uh, through hard work. And, and you know, I, if I could do it all over again, you know, I, I, I would I would work hard uh, to get myself stabilized and, and, you know, and get into the single family market with us in Detroit. Um, you know, there's some really good entry level properties that don't have to be expensive. They can be can get uh, around the 50,000 and you can get some good cash flow going. Um, we, have, we have a full spectrum of properties available. Uh, I think real estate at earlier age, but if I lost everything, you know, I would certainly would, would uh, lean on my close friend Wojtek over here and, uh, and hopefully get back in the game. Awesome. Awesome. That leads me into my last question, Wojtek. Question number five, if somebody has $50,000 and they want to get started, how would you recommend they spend that money? Um, you know, I would, um, I, I mean, I would call us, you know, <laughs> I, I, uh, I think, you know, I think starting, I think, look, I think real estate is the best vehicle, um, you know, in the world to make money. And I think it's, I think it's the safest, the fastest way to make money. Um, you know, that I find it far less risky than other investments, such as stock market, et cetera. Um, anything you can do in real estate, you know, I was, I was at an interesting seminar years ago and, and, you know, and, and there were, there were a lot of people in the crowd and they were asking a lot of questions and they were kind of, you know, newbies, they haven't done any deals yet, et cetera. And, you know, they were asking just one question after another and, and, and the speaker got a little frustrated and he said, you know, he said, look, he goes, he goes like 95% of the deals in real estate that you're going to get into are going to make you money, you know? <laughs> so as long as you're not buying, you know, swampland in Florida or something that doesn't exist, it's going to make you money. So anything you can do, provided it has a good team behind it and a good mentor or a good coach, someone who's very knowledgeable, such as yourself or, or anybody who's done or has a lot of experience in, in you know, in the field, um, if you follow their advice, it, chances of you having success are very high, you know? And so if you want to buy a, a, you know, an inexpensive property for 50,000, we can get you one and that will get you, you know, $1,000 know, a month, which is substantial return on, on a very small investment, which you can then, you know, wait a little bit, refinance it and then do it again. You know, use the Burr method, you know, over and over again with a small amount of money 
I think it's the best tool in real estate. It's like the worst kept secret. And, but so for some of these people don't use it. It's just, it's mind blowing to me that not every single person in the world is just burring everything all the time, you know, because, because you can, you know, you can build this massive portfolio, like with a tiny investment and you can just keep doing it over and over again. So take a good course, listen to your podcast and then, you know, and just mo most importantly, take action, you know, because I think that people sometimes get stuck in, you know, doing too much research or, you know, they want to get all the information in the world. And, you know, I, I told somebody once, like all the information you need to know about real estate, you can learn in a weekend course, you know, you really can. And not all of it, but like 80, 90% of the really important stuff, you know, and, and you can use that information to build an infinite fortune of as big as you want and, and change your life dramatically and you know and and really change the future of your family you know for generations to come you know by having really good solid real estate assets and and so you know yeah that's what that's what i would do with the 50 grand awesome that's, i mean i agree with you burring is the best the best strategy yeah. in my opinion to do and, and to keep scaling so one last time james where can the listeners reach out and find out more usproperties.ca and james at usproperties.ca or boytech at usproperties.ca. Really look forward to hearing from you. Amazing. And I always ask this as a last question, but just a short and sweet, just a few words, last words of advice from each of you. Maybe James will start with you and then we'll end it with Boytech. If you've ever been thinking of, you know, going to the U.S. market, you know, we're here for you as Canadians. We've got great turnkey systems that have been you know, developed and matured over the last five years. They're flowing really well. And, you know, we can help you uh, do everything remotely from here in Canada and guide you right through the acquisition process. Awesome. Thank you. And Voitech, any final last words of advice? Just do it. Awesome. Thanks, guys, for being on the show. Thank you. Thanks so much. Uh, thanks for having us. Really appreciate it, okay? Always a pleasure. Yep. Hey, guys, before you go, I wanted to ask you a question. What's stopping you from starting or growing your own real estate investment portfolio? I know for me, before I started, I had plenty of reasons, and at the time, they all seemed very valid, but as I started my journey, these reasons slowly fell away, and eventually, only one reason remained. What was actually stopping me was having a proven, actionable, repeatable system. I didn't have that, and the way that was going to change was by investing in myself, learning, listening, and looking for ways that worked, and also, most importantly, discovering what didn't and not making those mistakes again. Fast forward to today, I now have a proven, repeatable series of action steps that has enabled me to build my seven-figure portfolio consisting of multiple homes, and I'm able to manage that in two to three hours a month. Is that something that you would want? Well, I've actually taken all the knowledge I've accumulated and put that into a comprehensive step-by-step -step online program. It's called Rise, and it's a program that will help you from where you are now to where you want to be faster and with less of the headaches that I had. So it consists of all the templates and the resources that I use, plus over 40 instructional videos that you get lifetime access to for just a small one-time investment. And you know, my recommendation is to make the time now to invest in yourself and grow your portfolio to seven figures so that you can bring your retirement dreams closer. If you want some more information about Rise, just go to sarahlarby.com forward slash R-I-S-E to access more details and book your spot. Thanks so much for listening to Where Should I Invest with your host, Sarah Larby. Make sure to listen in next time. We'll catch you on the next episode of Where Should I Invest.